Welcome to The Art of Show, where we feature the people who are creating amazing stories for kids. Join us as we chat with children's book illustrators and authors, storyboardists, animators, and more. Now, their art might be for kids, but aren't we all just kids at heart? Here's your host, Brandon. All right, welcome back to The Art of Show. I'm your host, Brandon, and today we're hanging out with Samantha Youssef. Uh, Samantha has a really cool backstory. Um, Not only was she a character animator for Disney, uh, she worked on Lilo and Stitch, as well as a bunch of other fun uh, movies that I'm sure you guys are all familiar with. Uh, She also got uh, a good bit of work in the gaming industry, especially with Ubisoft. But really, her claim to fame came a little bit after, uh, and she has been a consultant on a bunch of different animation studios um, where she teaches her program through Studio Technique, and uh, she uses her background as a ballerina uh, to talk about movement and form for animators. Now, we really get into uh, how animation, sometimes you want to really express an idea, so you really stretch a pose, uh, but then she gets into how you can really have that pose be effective without stretching it so much, but really f- focusing on um, the underlying mechanics. And so she get, really gets into that, and she has some really cool resources out there for you. She's got just a really fun story. Uh, she's been in a lot of the animation industry. Uh, she's still doing a lot of really cool things. So uh, Samantha's a blast chat with. But before we dive into uh, that interview, I want to remind you guys, if you guys like what we're doing here with The Art of Show, the best way you can support us is by heading on over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and review, and that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, And then also, if you hit me up on Twitter, at BRCullum, let me know some of the hosts, or not some of the hosts, let me know some of the guests you'd like to have on the show for the future. Uh, I'm actually going to be putting together a survey here pretty soon that I'm going to be shooting over to you guys, uh, so I get a better idea of who's listening and what you guys like to listen to. Uh, something I haven't realized, but I've gotten several comments uh, from other artists that you guys are actually listen to this as you guys are creating and drawing, uh, which I know I do the exact same thing. I listen to tons of podcasts. So if uh, that is you, let me know. Hit me up. Uh, let me know what you're working on. So uh, let's dive into our interview with Samantha. Alrighty, well, uh, welcome back to The Art of Show. We're hanging out with Samantha today, calling in from all the way up in Canada. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out with us and thank chatting you. about character design and form and your kind of art journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll kind of get into it. And so uh, growing up, I know you probably have a history that I don't think anyone that I've talked to has. Uh, really? And that's with ballet. And so <laughs> how, yeah, so was that something just as a, like as a little girl growing up, like you wanted to be a ballerina or kind of how did that play into your story? Um, yeah, I, 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 I did. I, I just really loved it. I, I've been doing ballet since I was three and I was part of, um, you know, like a, a proper ballet school. So I had my regular classes, regular school. And then I had also like six hours of ballet afterwards and okay, stuff. Cool. I was, I, I just always took it seriously, but I loved it. I always really loved it. Um, there was a time for a while that I did want to 
see it through professionally, like um, for after school and everything. But my parents were very big on me maintaining all my academia. And it wasn't they they were very supportive in me doing it. But I think when it came down to it, they didn't want me to do that for the rest of my life. But uh, but I really, you know, I did I did really love it. And I still do ballet every like I go to my ballet classes every day and stuff. So um, it's still a big part of my my life and um, my passion. But I have really bad feet and turnout for ballet. So that was always something I struggled with uh, more than than what other people would have naturally or whatever. So um, that was always my every every dancer, I think, fights with their body to some degree. But that was always my um, my my issue and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 so cool so cool um and so ballet was definitely a part of your story still is part of your story um but was art also was that something as a kid that you were really into as well yes um so my parents were both um surgeons and they really encouraged me to like they put me in a very academic private Mm -hmm. school so i had that with my and ballet i guess was my my creative outlet growing up, but I really did love to draw all the time, but I never had art classes and it wasn't something that I was exposed to, I guess. And I didn't have any friends, the school that I went to, I didn't have any friends that, that drew. So I didn't, I didn't know, you know, this was like before the internet when I was a little kid, I, I didn't know that you could study, um, art for a living, but I, I know that my parents told, like, I always loved Disney and my parents told me even when I was, I think it started around when I was three or even before three, they used to um, pause Disney movies on the TV for me and I would redraw the frames and draw the characters. So like through my, I can't even remember when I started drawing, it was just always through my whole life, like my favorite, one of my favorite things to do. And then um, I just didn't know that you could do it. And I I would buy all the Disney art of books, you know, and, and things like that. And you'd read about these, these artists that did it. But I I just thought, well, they must have, you know, grown up in LA and had a friend. I I didn't know. I didn't even know how they did it, you know? And, and so um, it was only when I got to an age where I was applying for colleges that I found out that I could, um, that there was a really good art school that specialized in animation and, um, and drawing. And, and I decided to, apply but prior to getting in there I had had no um aside from drawing by myself I had no you know training or, or anything like that yeah but yeah I did <laughs> yeah so was it always animation then that you kind of gravitated towards in that whole world I guess I, I mean it was really just anything involved involving drawing and storytelling okay. right when I think about it you know because I loved like there were some comics that I loved or growing up in Montreal we have a lot of the um uh, there's a huge French influence here. And so we would get a lot of the graphic novels from France that I think are now becoming a bit more mainstream yeah, yeah. translated to English, but they didn't used to be right. So we would have all of this in Montreal. And I loved, I, I used to love a lot of those graphic novels. And every time that I just saw something that was, you know, I loved like children's book illustrations. I, there were artists that I loved. Um, so it really was the drawing, but I think Disney, always inspired me the most and and all these books that I had of like all their concept art and the 2D animation and creating those characters and stories I think that always uh, intrigued me um, a lot so I was just always drawing you know characters and uh, but I, I originally I thought as an artist I didn't really understand the process of going into animation so I think that you know, if I had like when I would do things on my own, it was always with this idea of doing illustrations and I would just illustrate stories and um, 
and things. Yeah, I just like to draw, yeah, I yeah. guess. So, you, yeah, you said your your parents would pause Disney movies. Was there <laughs> one that got paused the most? Like, what was your favorite growing up? I mean, my earliest remember because I I don't I don't remember. I guess so much when I was three, but I remember drawing from um, Mickey and the Beanstalk. Oh, really? Okay, cool. Heart. Or it was, yeah. I, th- I remember really liking to draw that that harp. That I, I don't, I don't know why, but I was just drawn to that I don't, character. I don't maybe because I was a girl and I found it very appealing or yeah. something. But that's my earliest memory. But then following that, I mean, I remember. You know, I remember I was really young when Roger Rabbit came out. I, I don't remember how old I was, but that was something else I remember drawing. I, I used to draw characters from Roger Rabbit when I was really young. And then um, and then Little Mermaid was huge. That whole new generation mm-hmm. of Disney was really huge for me. So um, I think whatever film came out that year, I yeah. just spend the year, you know, <laughs> obsessively drawing the characters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, is it shared in college? Is that right? Yes, yes. It- that's where going and it was for mm-hmm. a degree in animation it was it's a degree program now when I went it was a different program that was it had a lot of teachers from the hand-drawn uh, okay. Disney department and it was more of a private um like a boot camp school or something okay. it wasn't didn't get uh it didn't have offer an undergrad uh, at the time okay. but it, it meant that it was really intense because yeah. we didn't have like a one like you couldn't do a three credit course with x many hours it was just this massive amount of work and we were constantly um drawing all the time it was great when i look back though it was great i mean at the time i think you know we were crying ourselves to sleep half the time but it was really when i look back it was really good um drawing training at least what when you look back at your especially your i guess your formal education uh, in college from maybe where you were before to when you got out, what were like some of the the bigger things that you say, like you learned and you developed as an artist because of, um, I think my awareness and appreciation of how valuable life drawing was, Mm. I feel that gets taken a little bit more for granted now when I, I go in to do workshops or lectures at colleges, I feel like that's maybe because of the nature of how, at least in the animation industry, how it's changed that people maybe or or some programs think because it's CGI, they don't need to study um, the human body as much or something. But I find that uh, I, I think that there's so much to be learned from from that sort of more academic way of, of um, developing your talent. And I think that was the one thing that I had no awareness of before, because I was always drawing characters and I didn't understand that in order to draw anything well and to make better decisions as an artist, you had to cultivate um, that, I guess, academic kind of uh, drawing and stuff. So yeah, I'd say that was the big eye opener, uh, for me for sure. Was form then always a part of something you're interested in too, especially with poses and, or was that something you kind of naturally did? You mean like, just like shapes and forms and like, like that? Uh, like, no, yeah, I, I think I was reading an interview uh, a little bit earlier that you had done where you had talked about some of your your ballet um, experience had kind of like translated into art, but maybe you didn't realize it as much. Like oh, you, you naturally just got how like poses worked and all that. Like, was that something that you picked on up then as well? I didn't pick it up until I was at Disney. Okay. When I was in school, I just didn't put two and two together or I didn't. I think I was putting it together, I guess, somewhere in my mind, but I didn't 
consciously articulate it. And I guess when, you know, when you become very conscious of something, you can kind of, it, I guess it empowers your art in a way you can control it more yeah. and then you always draw upon it. And, uh, and I guess, um, yeah, I didn't know, like I, my teachers always told me that I was very good at observing gesture. And I guess I had a good sense of when I looked at my poses, whether they felt right or mm -hmm. not. And I, I think now, now I know, now I'm very aware. And that's what I try when I, whenever I'm teaching or training artists, I try to bring as much of that aware without them being dancers. I try to bring as much of that insight into artistic terms, I guess, visual artistic terms for them as I can, because I find that, you know, since you're three years old, you're observing poses or choreography and you're trying to copy it with your body, which means you just have to see it and understand it. So, um, and it's so subtle because it could just be little variations of movement um, that mean like the world in dance. And I found that that translated really well to understanding um, not just generalizing it when I draw, but actually being very specifically aware, I guess, of, of what's happening in a pose. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. very cool. It took a while to, to put the dots to, together, you know, and, and, and realize what I was, was doing with my, my drawing. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, so once you got done with college, you mentioned Disney, um, yeah. was that your next step or did you kind of have some transition yeah. years? No, I got hired from school. Um, Disney came to the school and went through our portfolios and they recruited me from, from school. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really, I was really lucky. I'm really grateful for it. Um, I did do some like in the time that I was at school, like over the summers and stuff, I did inter or like do some work at studios, you know, as a, as I guess as an intern or sometimes I was animating at a studio, but it was always with the intent of going back to school. So when I was done school though, Disney would have been, was really my first, um, official full time. Yeah. Uh, after school. So was, yeah, I was very, I was very lucky. <laughs> was it weird when you went in and started working since you had kind of grown up on the movies and was it almost surreal as you kind of went in and started working with these folks? It was, it really was, especially meeting, you know, cause then once you're in, uh, I guess once I, when I was in high school and when I was a bit older and I was reading like my art of books, you know, and not just looking at the pictures, I guess, but really, I would really read them. And, um, I was inspired by these artists, you know, Mark Henn was one of my earliest inspirations. He's the one that, um, created Jasmine and Aladdin and, uh, he does, he did Mulan and Mulan and he did a lot of the, the Disney heroines. So I don't know if that's maybe why I was drawn to him, but I, I really always loved his work. And, uh, and I remember reading an article, um, with him in my, I think, I don't even think it was in the art of Aladdin book. I think it was like some magazine that had come out around the time and I had saved it. And he, there was a, he was talking with the voice actress that was the voice of Jasmine. And he was talking about how they were going to create this character together and bring her to life. And it was just such a nice thing to read. And so I was so inspired by these people. And so then to go to Disney and actually meet those people was really, um, it was really amazing, you know, to get to know them and get to, to work with them for sure. It was, and I also felt horribly intimidated because <laughs> I, you know, any day they're going to realize that I don't deserve to be here or something and they'll fire me. So, um, it was, uh, the, the level of talent and everything there was just so impressive. Um, but, uh, but it was, it was very, it was very surreal at the beginning. I was so excited about it. So it yeah, was, yeah. It was pretty. Now, was it, uh, were you in California or? Were you there when the studios are in Orlando too? 
Orlando okay. and then Paris. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they had a few studios, but then slowly, slowly they were closing them. And for a while, there wasn't even anything being done in L.A. And mm. a bunch of people from L.A. came down to Australia as well. Like those that didn't have families and stuff came to Australia to work on some projects, too. So um, L.A. was like the I, I tried to stay at the other um, studios because I guess I'm I'm more used to a European style of living. So oh, L.A. Cool. has always been like a foreign kind of culture shock to me with the the way the city is set up and everything. So um so I tried to work at the other, <laughs> the yeah. other studios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you were at Disney, did you have any favorite projects that you got to work on? Um, I did. My first experience was doing um, a little bit of rough in-betweening on Lilo and Stitch. Okay. That was really, like, fun. Um, but I... I um, I'd have to say my favorite project, and I think it always surprises everyone because it's not like one of the big blockbusters, but I had the most fun working on Bambi 2. Okay. Um, it's just a Bambi sequel. It went into the theaters around the world, but not in North America. So no one here has really heard of it. Um, but I actually, I think that was one of the most enjoyable um, projects that I had the opportunity to work on because I got to work really closely with um, Andreas Deja, who was the artist that did Scar and Jafar and you know one of these people that I was growing up with and and we were on the same I was on his team and and so it was just so exciting to he was he's been a really big inspiration to me and he's just such a nice like for anyone that's met him he's such a nice person too you know just a really wonderful person so the experience of of working on that project with him and um and uh some of the other artists on that team and the the training that we went through on that film because we got to go and spend a lot of time on like deer reserves and stuff studying deer just out we were just outdoors you know drawing deer all day and i i, I was getting paid to do that i just thought <laughs> it was amazing so it was that was i think for sure one of my um my my favorite projects in the end to work on the experience was amazing and i learned so much and i i i think that was the other thing too is that my um i felt like i went through a bit of a a learning curve on it because we were handling i was working more on um feline and bambi's like dream sequences of bambi's mother but also he had an adoptive mother because it takes place after his mom dies and uh so drawing these these realistic deer walking around in environments and through perspective like i i on a technical level i learned a lot working on that project too so i think yeah that one would probably have been my favorite yeah yeah that's that's really cool so uh you're at disney and i know you're not currently at disney um so kind of how did you what happened as you're kind of leaving the studio or how'd you get get out of the studio so um i guess what was happening was that in the like around like 2009 ish um we were transitioning so much into CG mm -hmm. and it was, it was, you know, the writing was on the wall, obviously that there wouldn't be any more 2d feature. And even the projects that we were working on, were starting to get more like, you know, direct to video or maybe mm -hmm. a credit sequence here or a short film there, but there wasn't, it wasn't like the full, right. uh, the, the, you know, the movement was transitioning. And I guess at that time um, I didn't, I wanted to, I really wanted to be a 2D animator for the rest of my life. Like I wanted to be like Mark Hen and Andreas and, and Glenn Keane and all of these incredible artists. And um, I thought there, I knew that there were still studios that were doing 2D feature. So I 
I left to, I decided I didn't want to transition into CG at Disney. And I went to go continue drawing at these other studios. And I went to Yowza Animation in Toronto, which is a team of former Disney artists from the LA studio that were originally from Canada. And they opened up their own studio. And because they had a rapport with Disney, they would also get projects like Enchanted and Frog Princess and other titles from Disney. So, so we, in that way, I was still able to work on certain projects, but, um, but I, I went over there, but then the work again got less and less in 2d. So that's where, um, and that's where I eventually met Edward because I sort of was at this crossroads of do I, I love to animate and I love to draw and I didn't know I was trying to learn some CG and I was trying to develop my skills as a character designer and, that's where I've, I've realized now, like, I just, I still miss, I miss the animation. I love the performance part of it, but I, at the end of the day, I really love to draw. So, um, so I, I decided to just stick with my, uh, my drawing, but having had the exposure to CG and everything, I started getting asked to come in and do, um, animation direction at some gaming studios in Montreal. It started really soft. And they asked if I could come in and and uh, work with the team in the cinematics department and share some of the insight that I had learned at Disney. And and they also helped train me a bit more in CG. And then that I guess that way of working with talent started catching on with other studios, and they started asking if I would come in. So then that's where I went on this venue of um, I don't know. I guess it's like consulting art direction. Yeah. And now. I find myself doing a lot of work at studios where because I draw and animate, I can work with the concept artists um, because concept artists now tend to be more painting oriented than drawing oriented. So they don't think about how it has to translate into assets that the animators will use. So I'll do, I'll go in on a project and I'll do draw overs of the concept art, then work with the character artists that are building the models and help, make that work a bit better and even work with the programmers to help them understand how it should animate. And then they help build those controls. And then I work with the animators to make more aesthetic. I do drawovers on the CG animation so that it has more of a, a drawing kind of um, feeling. So, but it all just kind of happened. Um, I guess after I left Disney, you know, it all fell into place. And in the meantime, I would just do any kind of freelance work that I could still do as a 2d animator or as a as a character designer as i started working on you know learning more about design and and stuff like that so yeah, that's, that's so cool so uh so studio technique then did it did it kind of just morph out of that like giving you kind of like yes. an entity that you can like work through that's exactly what it was because i i i guess what happened was after my first once um other studios started asking if i could come in and do sort of training their teams, um, I, instead of jumping from studio to studio every two months and then not knowing what the next contract was, I I made a company so that they became my clients. And that's where I, and then the company name, I needed something because originally when I started, it was in Montreal and we have all these bilingual laws. So I had to have a name that could go for both French and English. Oh, really? I didn't didn't even know those were laws. That's crazy. Yeah. In, in this part of Canada, there's, um, a lot of legislation that everything has to be um, either only French or um, if it's bilingual, it's French first and then English. So that's why I wanted a name that could work in both languages when I initially incorporated it. So, um, so yeah, so I made that and then that's sort of the company that I provide all of those 
training services under, or I wrote a book. I, I eventually over time, I started, um, through that experience, I started building a drawing program where it, that same idea of like identifying what it was I took from my dance and from 2D animation and understanding how 3D animation works and building a drawing program that works for a range of artists. And so my I'm working on publishing three books for that. And the first book already came out, but I published them under the Studio Technique company. And then as an artist individually, I still work as myself. Gotcha, or, that's or cool. Whatever. Now, is that, is that movement and form? Was that the first one? Yes. Yes. That was my first book. And oh, so thanks. that, and that one was a Kickstarter. Is that right? Yeah. I was looking at yeah. it. What, yeah. what was it like putting together what you were teaching into like a book form? Like, oh. like, was that, was that hard? You're, you're like, there's so many different things you're working on. What was that process like? Uh, well, it took a few, a, t a couple years to write the book because I wasn't able to work on it full time. It was always, um, you know, around contracts, either working with studios or doing character design projects or um, animation contracts. Um, and uh, and then and then what helped in the end was the last few months of it. I got an editor on board and they really helped me to um, they didn't. Impo they were great editor. Um, I'm going to work with them again. They they didn't. She didn't impose any of her writing on me. But she, if there were gaps, she'd ask the right questions that I had to then answer. And it really helped me work a bit faster and get that get that done. On the one hand, though, it, it, this the book and and the two that will follow it um, together, they're a drawing program that I built over seven years. Mm. So at least the program's already been there. I just had to. The, like the outline is there. Yeah. I just had to, you know, write it all out. But um, that was a big challenge because I guess the way that I like, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any education as an educator. Um, but the way that I like to teach is, I guess, the way that I felt I learned the best and, and the way that I learned from ballet, which is very hands on. Um, mentorship. It's like, like ballet is very much a master apprentice kind of thing. Even though you're in a class, you really need to have somebody working on you and training you. And, and, um, and I felt the same when I was at Disney, like I learned the best by sitting, you know, having these other artists that were so much more experienced than me sit down and draw over my drawings and tell me how to improve. And, and so I, when I teach people, um, I really like to be very hands on with people. And that was my big challenge is I didn't just want to put information into a book. I, I wanted to do my best to make it seem like I was there, even though I wasn't. So that was, I think, um, I hope it, it came out like that. I don't know what it's like to read my book for the first time, but, um, I, I, that was, it, it is very, it, it was a you know completely new world to write a book like that and and I, I found it very um, I found that very challenging because I'm used to I'm used to talking with my hands or drawing yeah, yeah. pictures you know uh, being there for people so um, so that was that was hard that was very hard <laughs> yeah 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 uh, so when you're going into studios or when you're teaching classes um, is there like something you know you're gonna hit like you know people are gonna struggle with like maybe something that's just super common kind of across the board yes um, actually my whole system <laughs> I always have people struggling with it um, I think because um, I work in a I tell people to draw in a, uh, um, I have a, I, I don't want to say it's a formula because it's, it's not, it's just that I like 
I like them to work in a specific way because, you know, it's like working looser to more tied down. If you tie things down right away and put in all these details, if there's something wrong with it, it's not in a place, your drawing's not in a place mm-hmm. that you can fix it easily. So it's sort of in that way of thinking, I, I like to work, I like people to work um, in a certain progression. And the first step of that progression is obviously the gesture work, but I don't take my ideas of gesture from drawing uh, concepts that I've learned. I take them all from dance. Mm. So to get people into the way that I work, it's really hard because they don't, um, I think at the beginning, sometimes they don't see because it's not like anything they've learned before. So they, they don't, they don't agree with it because Mm. they have their way of working and they, they, they want something. I think a lot of artists that are, especially professionals, when I work with professionals, they want training that is kind of similar to what they already know, but maybe just adds another level of insight. So to get them to unlearn everything and rebuild is very challenging. Although the good thing is I've never had people that at the end of one of my workshops feel dissatisfied with it. They usually really love it and embrace it. But sometimes we waste half the workshop trying to get people, you know, on board with this new way of, of approaching drawing. So uh, that's, I think that's, that's usually my across the board uh, yeah, challenge. Yeah. yeah, that, that, that totally makes sense. Um, and this, this might get super more technical than you could describe, but um, when you mention the gesture that, that folks are, are naturally going to come across if, if they've been trained on as an animator versus through ballet, if you're going to look at two of them, how would you distinguish? Like, is there, is it a feeling or is it like a technical piece? Um Oh, um, yes. I think that it's a, um, I, I don't know how to describe it, like a weakness in the pose, mm. uh, like, a, a like a sense that, that they, they can only sometimes make these poses feel like they're alive mm. by an extreme caricature. Um, sometimes like an extreme distortion of the, the contour lines or the shapes, you know, like a strong, mm. Like if I'm reaching like a strong straight line here, then they achieve a dynamic sense in the silhouette, but the pose itself is quite flat mm. or it wouldn't translate through, I guess as an animator as well at Disney, like in the, the hand-drawn feature days, we used to have to be able to draw anything from like an anatomically correct, like Tarzan or, you know, Kerchak, like the silverback gorilla that's so you know, realistic and, and has muscle and bone and weight and, um, also be able to do very cartoony characters as well. You had to draw everything. And so when I look at some of these, just like the only time I see people accomplish really dynamic gestures is by shape deformation, but that's restricted to characters that literally are very graphic. Mm. And so, and, and I can see, I guess, the limitations of their understanding of how that I guess pose would be mm-hmm. built that there's a disconnect that sometimes people do. Um, they simplify the gesture as like a represent an energetic representation of the skeleton, but then there's always every jointed area gets disconnected from the flow of the pose. Mm-hmm. And so I try to get them to see how it's more of the, we're trying to see the energy that flows through the body, but not energy in the way that say a lot of fine arts schools that studied uh, Nicolaides, the natural way to draw where they have like just a lot of, just, you know, energy because their pencil lines are energetic, but it's not the actual like flow of the pose. So that I find, um, that's, that's usually what I find is, uh, 
is uh, very apparent to me, especially now with with uh, I find in at least in animation, there's a big ballet has for some reason in the last couple of years, which I love, but it's become very trendy in animation. Like a lot of students and animators right now, like it used to be martial arts a few years ago. Now it's ballet. Like everyone just has an affinity towards drawing it or animating it. But I guess because it's something that's so close to home for me, I see the lack of understanding of the posy even more so in, in that kind of work, because I, that's an action that I understand or something. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah in the martial arts, cause that's when you're talking about how the, all the systems flow together, the only other time I've heard people describe that is when they're describing like moves in martial arts where you're rooted in the ground and that flows all the way to the end of your finger and all that, which is, which is so cool. But it is, I find that it is like that. I find that that's the, it's a subtle thing, but it's the difference between say like a, you know, like a Madame Tussauds wax museum mm. figure versus like a real person mm. that you can always tell that it might look real, but it doesn't feel alive in yeah. the same way. It's that invisible thing that um, I, I, at least that's what I try to get people to, to see. And I feel that the best way to find, for myself, the best way that I've found to capture it is by using the things that I learned from dance as opposed to the things I learned from, from drawing and stuff. So that's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, well, I definitely need to get your book and dive into it. That's, that's really, it's really cool. Uh, well, as we're, we're kind of wrapping up, I know we're, we're at, at 30 minutes. Um, is there, uh, who are the kind of the folks that you're learning from now? Uh, and something when I kept looking through your interviews, it seems, seems like you're just like a lifelong learner. Like you, anytime oh. you can find something new to learn, uh, you're going to, especially I think when you were younger, but is there maybe folks you look up to now whose work that really inspires you? Yeah, I'm very inspired right now by, I mean, I've always been inspired by John Singer Sargent. I'm still attempting to meet his level of draftsmanship. Um, I, but in the, in my industry, I, I'm really, um, as a designer, I'm really inspired right now by Corey Loftus, um, who's art director at Disney, and and he's done a lot of he did a lot of concept art years ago for a studio called Carbine on this game called Wildstar, and I just love his. I like Corey because he has a wonderful balance of of you know shape design with strong drawing ability and expressiveness. So. Um, I really, I, I love how he's found this like really nice balance in his work. Um, so I, I do really, I love his work. Um, I love, uh, I'm, I'm currently really getting into learning more about different animals and creatures. So I've been inspired a lot by Terrell Whitlatch and um, I love her, her work and I love Ian McCaig's work um, as well. Um, I feel like I'm, probably missing out like now that I'm just the, I mean, I've, and I've always loved, like I said, there's all the 2d people that I grew up, you know, always being inspired by. But I think right now those are the people that, that are my, my big nemesis. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> when, um, are you familiar with like mermaid and, the, yes. and so I know Corey was doing that in May and he would like post something that he had done that morning. And I was like, I couldn't do that in like three years. Like that's, it's amazing. So, so it's so really cool. Good. I also love actually who works with Corey is Byron Howard, who was the Corey's director on Zootopia. And Byron was um, a 2D animator at Disney originally. And he's he does he's not an internet presence, so no, he doesn't share his drawings. But he's also, you know, 
as equally talented as Corey. Like he, he can draw, he, he was the animator responsible. He designed and drew a keen eye in the brother bear oh, cool. film for bubbles and Lilo and stitch, but now he's directing, you know, at Disney and he directed Zootopia and everything, but he's an incredible artist and I love, I love his work too. He's amazing. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Um, well, sweet. Well, if folks uh, want to keep up with you, especially with the work you're doing and the work that they're teaching any good places that you would send people to. Um, I have a Twitter. Um, I guess I could message those to you. I don't, uh, I've got a Twitter, um, an Instagram, a Facebook page, a blog, a Tumblr, um, so when I, I don't all, I'm terrible at posting, but that's my goal this year is to post more of my, I do a ton of artwork that I never post. Yeah. So my goal is to try to post more this year. And, uh, and, and especially now, cause I just got back from London a few weeks ago. So I'm, I'm settling back in and I want to start, um, you know, just doing that on a regular basis. So I, I have, uh, yeah, I have a bunch of different social media things and stuff where yeah. I share my easier for me to like send those to you, uh, you yeah if you just send it to me in a message and i'll make sure I include them in the show notes and for folks that are listening this is episode 35 so you'll be able to find the show notes or if you just scroll down you'll be able to see them and as far as studio technique is it just studiotechnique.com yes studio dash technique okay yeah yeah well i appreciate your time and uh and chatting so it's uh your work is is awesome and it's so cool to see you teaching it too um what you've learned and uh, i appreciate you hanging out with me Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much.